Hi, we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan, and this week I'm joined by Ben in LA and Andy in Oakland. Welcome to the pod, guys. Um, Andy, I'm going to come to you first. What was your football moment of game week 26? Um, I'm going to ask you guys a question to start this one out. Um, to the uh, Ronaldo Messi duopoly, do you guys know who the, the last winner of the Ballon d'Or was? Kaka. And when Kaka. It was Kaka, that's right. <laughs> and Kaka this week um, turned out as a ringer for Hackney Wick FC, uh, which I thought was a fantastic story. Um, he uh, it was it was kind of a, a stunt for, for for publicity, which is a I know kind of cheapens it, but he uh, he sort of showed none, none of the players knew he was going to be there, and he sort of showed up and said, uh, "I heard you guys need a player," uh, and then after a while, everyone realised that the uh, a Ballon d'Or winner had showed up. Um, Hackney Wick is a uh, a team that is um, quite sort of heavily community based. It's uh, it says on their website that they engage 160 youths and 70 adults, which is obviously much larger than a, a team of their size would normally um engage and uh, sort of their focus is to try and uh, bring those actively involved in gangs or on the brink of gang life back out through giving them an alternative community so it's a nice team for Kaka to be showing up for he put in a, a man of the match performance with uh, two goals and two assists but the, uh, the the best moment of the game was when he got nutmegged by an opposition player and uh, which had sort of created a chance for the other team so that was a lot of fun and it wasn't even your, your basic nutmeg, you know, just kind of push it through the legs. It was a, you know, when you roll your foot over the top of the ball, it was that kind of a nutmeg, like a really quality on the turn nutmeg as well. It was. And Kaka was like, he carried on running in the wrong direction for a while after it as well. <laughs> so good. Um, well, you know what? I mean, I, I like it. It's a great, it's a great football moment, but um, only two goals and two assists for a Ballon d'Or, ex Ballon d'Or winner. Come on. <laughs> Well, apparently it was a strong opposition. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he was giving a hundred percent. I assume if you're, I assume if you're a pro and you turn up to one of these things, everyone, everyone is probably trying to nutmeg you. It's my guess, right? <laughs> Just so they can get um, Instagram famous or whatever, yeah, and foul you probably as well. And, like, yeah, every yeah. time he got the ball, probably the entire opposition team swarmed around him. So a lot of space would have been created for the other players. Did you hear that the guy that nutmegged him had just turned up to play after working a night shift? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, apparently. That it makes it even better. <laughs> yes, it does. Like that guy will because uh, that's it's caught on video and everything, right? Like he's gonna have that for the rest of his life. Is <laughs> he nutmegged a ballon d'or winner? <laughs> <laughs> Can you top that, Ben? I mean, that's a tough one to top. What was your football moment? Um, maybe I can top this um, because none of us are Man City fans. My football highlight of this week was reading the news that Man City have been banned from the Champions League for two seasons for, uh, I think, financial foul play. I think their owners have been... What have they been doing? They've been, from what I've read, they've been funneling money um, to pay for their own sponsorship or something. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's a quite a, a smooth trick they they tried to pull off there because they, they own both Man City and Etihad Airways. And so they got Etihad Airways to sponsor Man U and paid Etihad Airways a bunch of money. So that, no, sorry, Man City. They paid Etihad Airways a bunch of money so that they could sponsor Man City far more for, for far greater value than it was actually worth. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. And seems like something that you <laughs> can't get away with, but... Um... They've been finally docked. Uh, I think they still have to appeal, so we'll have to see if um, anything happens out of it. Um, I think I'm just more interested in like what happens to the the psyche of the team and the manager because obviously they're not really involved in those decisions. But now they're like can't play in the Champions League for two seasons. I wonder if people will start leaving or they'll become demotivated. So I'm just kind of. Interesting yeah, to see what happened. Yeah. They're not in a good place at the moment, are they? Just lost to Spurs. Nowhere close in the league. And now this. I would say it's not going to help things. <laughs> well, yeah. the, the Pepocalypse already happened, right? Is that, that, That's why they're rubbish this season. Rubbish, I mean, compared to last season. The, uh, the drop-off has been so much. There's been a huge drop-off from the previous two seasons. Um, like, he's clearly uh, not... Um, getting the same performances out of the team, getting the same kind of uh, 
I don't know, intensity from some of the players that he has been in the previous two seasons. Maybe he's burning out. That's what he tends to do around this sort of time. People have been talking about him leaving anyway. Like, um, this can only hasten the end, can't it? And he's uh, he's already won the league twice. And he's there basically to win the Champions League now. He's, he's said that if I don't win the Champions League while I'm at City, I'll be a failure. And now it looks like he won't have be given a chance. So maybe that, yeah, like you said, maybe it's only going to speed his departure. And then the the kind of um, confidence around the team, you know, the manager might be leaving, all that kind of stuff. I think it might affect them. There's another big piece of news that could be related is that the, the previous day before this was, a, this was like hit the news, um, Massimo Allegri announced that he had signed a, a pre-contract with quote unquote, a great English side. Um, and I think he would be quite a good choice to follow Pep because he's one of these managers who has a history of taking like the best teams and winning the league with them he's not like a a manager who brings through youth players he's a manager who manages big egos and big like superstars so i wonder whether they might have they might all sort of have been organized in advance that not it's not been announced yet that pep's leaving but it might already be decided i unless it's man united (laughs) well it could be man united i really hope it isn't because he's the opposite of what man you need but um the fact that, that all sort of came about at the same time, um, and given that Manu, like all of the noises have been um, like the, the obvious right decision for Manu is to hire Pochettino, so and all of the noises have been in that direction. Pochettino has actively mentioned Man United in some of his press conferences, so um, that I, I don't know that although Manu are incompetent enough to fail at that, um, that seems to be what they're trying to do. Um, I'm looking forward to the. Uh, I'm still looking forward to the Premier League point deduction that City might potentially get. I think that would that would be quite enjoyable. Well, you know, yeah. you know that they're they're definitely going to hand the Champions League place if it if the the their appeal doesn't go to plan. They're going to hand Champions League to the fifth place team at the moment for next season. Who yeah. is that? Sheffield United right now. At the moment, it's Sheffield <laughs> United, but it could be any of a uh, few teams. I think the I, appeal I will quite, still be open this yeah. season. I think it's going to be next season's fifth place, isn't it? I guess it depends how long the appeal is. But I, I would love to see Sheffield United versus Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> Can Messi do it on a windy night in Sheffield? Um, my my football moment of the week was I've just sat down. We should say we're not we're not recording at the end of game week twenty six. We still have. Uh, the Monday night fixtures to go, and the Wednesday is that all? Is there is there another one as well? Um, because Man no, City's, that's it. Man City's yeah. game has been moved to Wednesday, so yeah, we we're not covering those games. But um, yeah, we've just watched the Arsenal Newcastle game, and that has got to be my my football moment of the week. Watching Arsenal actually win a game, and for forty five minutes, look looking good going forward, and relaxed, and kind of yeah. Professional, um, Nicola Pepe getting a huge haul. Like I think it's seventeen points, something like that. Um, if anyone has him, that is that is maverick, and that has come off incredibly well. I don't think many people will, but um, I know I've got a Bamiyang, and Ben has as well. Um, and there's eight points, not bad. Um, but yeah, could be even more. Two home games in the next two games, although they do have a blank. Um, but yeah, it was just enjoyable to watch <laughs> watch Arsenal be a couple of goals up and be a bit secure, and then go and you know the floodgates kind of open a bit. Uh, yeah. yeah, what was what was surprising to me was like Mesut Özil actually played like well, <laughs> like the Özil I kind of remember from a couple of years ago. He actually looked like he knew what he was doing, which was which was kind of good to see. Yeah, I think a tiny bit of pinch of salt. Like this is playing against Newcastle. Who, although they have they have the same or had the same number of points as Arsenal going into this game, I don't think they are a very good team and have played very well this season. So, yeah, we'll see what happens against Everton because that's a that's at home. It's a bit of a bigger test. Everton are on good form, so that'll be an interesting game, I think. And also, it's the Arteta derby as well. So, oh, that's ooh, true. Yeah, what about? Um, I also love uh, Steve Bruce. Like he's three 0 down, and he's still playing four five one. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There weren't even any like many long balls towards the end, just trying to get it up the pitch. I think they just kind of accepted it. 
Um, yeah. Do you know what though? Um, I think Newcastle have done some pretty good business in January because they've brought in um, what was the right back's name? I can't remember his name now. The guy Lizarro. with the, Lazaro. Lazaro. He looked. Yeah. He looked good to me. And they got Ben Taleb in midfield. They obviously needed an extra midfielder. Um, they didn't get a striker. Fine, but um, I think the players they've signed look good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, they definitely needed some some new recruits because all the injuries they have. What about? Um, mm. What about FPL? Um, Andy, how did your wildcard go? Or how is it going? So I, um, on Thursday evening, had this genius idea of what I wanted my team to look like and thought I'll sleep on it and change it on Friday morning. And then, of course, there was a Friday fixture. So I'm really annoyed with myself because my team, I'm, I now hate my team because it's not the team that I, I wanted. And if I'd got the team that I wanted, then I would have a really good score this week. Um, so what I've done is uh, I've brought my, my sort of objective was originally to have a midfield of um, Son, Fernandez, De Bruyne and Salah with Traore as my sort of fifth optional midfielder. And then for one week, I decided to have Mares instead of Son because I thought Mares against West Ham was probably a better. Like, I didn't want to miss that fixture with Mares almost certain to play against West Ham. Um, so then I was going to flip that round and, uh, and bring Son in. Then my, my Thursday night idea was, hang on a second, Salah's not been reliable this season. The defenders have. Maybe I should triple up on Liverpool centre-backs instead of having Salah, downgrade that to Son, and then I can have Richarlison in the midfield after Mahrez goes back to uh, to not playing again, um, which I forgot to do. So my team, what my team now looks like is I've got um, a defence of um, Alexander-Arnold, Gomez, and one from three out of Lascelles, Williams, and Tanganga. Got a midfield of Salah, De Bruyne, Fernandez, Traore, Mores, and up front I've got Abamyang and Jimenez with Martinelli on the bench. So I've gone like not much in the middle. They're all like big signings and like and filler. Um, but I will now have to try and make a way, like, find a way of getting the team that I want as quickly as possible. <laughs> in your defence, with the the missing the deadline, you just you've had a baby recently. I'm guessing you're lacking a lot of sleep. Yeah, decision making not what it once was. Yeah, and you never you never know with City against West Ham they could they could still battle them and then he might not rescue. Yeah. I also yeah. because I've done this I get Salah against West Ham, which also could be a cricket score. So um, they, you know, it's not it's not so much that this is. I don't think I'm like my team is bad. I just don't like it. Like I wanted an- I want another team now. <laughs> How about you, Ben? How do you feel? Do you like your team? I don't like my team, so oh. here's my team. Sorry, oh, Andy, sorry. before we jump to you, Ben, Andy, how many points are you on at the moment? Well, I've half my team hasn't played yet, so it's a bit uh, misleading okay. to give you my total, my points total. So I'm on, I'm only on thirty-two, um, but I've still got Mares, De Bruyne, Fernandez, and Brandon Williams to play this week. Okay, so all to play for. How about how about you, Ben? What what points are you on? I'm on forty-two points with Martial and captain de bruyne to play so hopefully not i i think the only aguero can really i think really damage my rank at this point um i'm a bit annoyed at the sissy postponement postponement because the reason i had captain de bruyne was um i thought he was going to definitely play and then have his, his nice long winter break um but now actually because of the the weather postponement the the two city fixtures are actually pretty close together so I'm sure there'll be some pet roulette happening. Um, so, so we'll this, see. Which two fixtures? So this West Ham fixture and the uh, previous the Leicester fixture. fixture. No, so they have um, West Ham on Wednesday and then they have Leicester on Saturday. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's yeah so it's a, it's a close turnaround. So, um, yeah, I, my team is, so I have Leno in goal, um, which is... Which is, I think, been fine for now. He back to back clean sheets. Um, the transfer I made this week was I got in Jack Stevens um, for who I think for Martin Kelly. I think he Stevens hit the bar from a, a corner. I read, but he only got one point. Then I have Trent Soyonchu, um, and then in midfield I have Traore, Martial, Salah, De Bruyne, and up front I have Aubameyang, Vardy, Ings. On the bench I still have Lundstrom. Lunchen is my first sub, uh, Kiko Femenia, who doesn't play, and Todd Cantwell. So it's a team that I don't really like, but is 
just, I think, good enough not to wildcard. Um, so I, I need to figure out um, what to do because I, I do have a, quite a few players blanking in 28. I actually have two Arsenal players, which is quite bizarre, um, but they're blanking. So, yeah, I'll need to figure out. I think there are probably some hits in my future to make sure my team is okay for game week 28. It's tricky with Arsenal with this good result and with their nice fixtures. You know, they've got the next four fixtures are pretty good. It's just that blank uh, game week in game week 28 coming up, which is annoying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I am happy with my, I think the pride of my team is probably Burnt Leno for his back-to-back clean sheets. <laughs> I mean, you, you can say that now to the listeners, but on our WhatsApp group, you have been tearing that decision apart. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, when Sam Maxim hit the inside of the post, I was like, oh, whew, definitely dodged a bullet there. Yeah, you're a brave man going for an Arsenal goalkeeper. Um, I'm on 50 points at the moment. I've still got um, Kevin to play. Uh, he's not my captain. My captain this week was Salah. And I was so annoyed when the Man City fixture was rearranged for this week. Um, I thought I thought I was going to get away with it and that, um, yeah, Aguero wasn't going to come in and hurt my rank, but it looks like it's going to happen. Um, I've got, yeah, so I, I didn't make any transfers this week because it's the second week after my wildcard. My triple up on the Sheffield United defence didn't work out. It's kind of annoyed, but I, th- I think it's still good for, yeah, Good for the next couple of fixtures. Brighton at home and Norwich at home. Newcastle away. That's pretty nice. Um, it just depends whether I can hold them through the blank. Because um, that's going to be a bit tough. Because I've got quite a few players um, that need to be... Well, some players need to be moved out for sure. Because I think I've got five who aren't playing in the blank at the moment. I've got Trent and Robertson coming in and getting some bonus. Which is nice at the back. Uh, Grealish, who I actually watched play live. Which was nice to see he's just he is everywhere for Villa you know he's playing left back left wing uh number 10 sometimes he pops up on the right hand side they just give him the ball constantly pretty much because they're playing basically two holding midfielders in um Louise and uh Nakamba so yeah it's all about Grealish and I don't know if he's going to stay with me because he he blanks as well and their fixtures are terrible but it is good fun owning him and watching him in the game because he's so involved. Um, Danny Ings, Aubameyang coming in for me and getting a uh, bit of kind of drip feeder points, which is good. And Jimenez, uh, who has the good fixtures to come and doesn't blank for, uh, I think, for 31 or 28. So that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with my team. I think I've got two two transfers to make. Uh, so I need to make at least one so I don't lose them. I think what a lot of people are saying is it's good to plan so that you'll have two free transfers for game week 29 because we'll know more about the blanks in 31 uh, in game week 29. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know if I'll be disciplined enough to actually do that, but I I could do two this week, one going into the blank in uh, 28 or just hold... um, going into the blank in 28 and then have two for game in 29, but see how it goes. Yeah. Only problem in my team is Williams on the bench for Man United, who I kind of needed to bring in because he was the only 4.1 defender who seemed to be playing, but he isn't anymore. So yeah, well, I guess we will talk about defenders later, later on. Um, should we take a break? And when we come back, we're going to have a look at the upcoming fixtures that are hot on the tail of game week 26 for game week 27. It's something that uh, is always with me. I want to become one of the greatest uh, players of all times. And, uh, of course, this requires uh, a lot of efforts. I hope to get there. I should like to thank all of you. A wonderful evening to all of you. And, well... Absolutely. A huge congratulations to, to you, Cristiano. Thank you to you, President Blatter, as well. Okay, game week 27. Um, We're going to do a bit of a change of plan for fixture previews this week. Instead of going through all 10 fixtures and going into the intense detail on something like Watford versus Bournemouth when none of us have any FPL assets in that that game and no one else does anyway, we're going to cut out that. Each of us are picking our two favourite fixtures to preview for FPL. Um, So first up is Ben. Which fixture have you picked as your, your preview first? 
Uh, so I'm going to do Chelsea Spurs, okay. uh, which I think will be quite a fun game. Um, so we're potting before Chelsea play tomorrow against Manu. Um, but on the Spurs side, I think a really, I mean, we've been talking about this on the pod for a while for differential, but um, I think Hyungmin Son now is is become a really great option. Another double digit haul, two goals against Villa. Um and still, he's still at 10 million. So I looked at some of his stats. He, he took seven shots against Villa. And, you know, he's kind of like their talisman now. He's on penalties. He's on some corners and free kicks. Um, so I'm quite jealous of people who have, 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 them, have him in their team, like uh, fellow Porter Matt. Um, I think he's a really, really good shout. Um, some difficult fixtures maybe with Chelsea, Wolves, um, Burnley, Man United. But... Um, if he's kind of like their talisman on everything, then I think he's a pretty good shout. Uh, the only other thing I not- noticed for Spurs was uh, Ben Davies is back. He used to be a bit of an FPL legend. When was it? Was it last season or two seasons ago? He was, two, he was two pretty cheap. Yeah. Two seasons ago, um, which just used to get a lot of assists and clean sheets. I think he's, um, you probably don't want to go near the Spurs defense right now, but I just noticed that he was back. So that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know how the, I don't know what result, um, I guess it depends on what Chelsea do tomorrow, but I can definitely see goals in it and maybe a score draw. I was, um, um I was watching the game, um, the, um, Aston Villa versus Spurs game. Um, and I totally agree that, yeah, Spurs defenders are one to avoid at the moment, um, conceding two against Villa, but Son I like you picking up on him because I think there was a bit of a change from previous games, uh, previous Tottenham games under Mourinho when Kane has been injured. Son seemed much more advanced against Villa. He seemed like the main striker, uh, whereas before I think Lucas Moura has seemed a bit more advanced to me. I I, I saw the same thing. My reading of that was that he's had a break and looks like he's got some energy back because the way he plays, he's flat out all the time, right? And because it, it, I think for players who are from a different continent, they often, because they're, they don't have the European Championship, instead you've got the Asia Cup, and this happens with African players too sometimes, is where like, they just don't get the same flow and breaks that the European players do, that they end up just getting knackered at random parts of the season. I, what, what I saw was more energy from him. I think it's the, we're seeing him come back and play like he should do rather than a tactical change. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that makes sense. And this winter break hopefully has sorted things out for him. Do you think, Ben, do you think that Chelsea are a spent force in FPL at the moment? No one's really talking about any of their players. Yeah, I think they've just been pretty inconsistent. Um, and actually, let me look up their fixture run. I think, I think they've had some difficult... Yeah, they've, they've had some difficult fixtures and they're still kind of in their midst of their difficult fixture run. Um, it does get a little bit better game week 28 onwards. So it's kind of, I think, wait and see how they do against Man U Tottenham um, coming into game week 28. Um, and I think the Pulisic injury has hurt them a little bit as well in terms of like attacking options as well. I think Tammy has, Tammy Abraham is kind of, you know, he's a young player. So I, don't, I think he's just not as consistent as some other strikers and you've you've definitely seen him become more inconsistent as the season has gone on especially against i think the bigger teams so he's not been yeah, th- very much as well right yeah that's true do you think um, we're seeing something akin to the Solskjaer effect where uh, a club legend comes in fires everyone up and then everyone realizes he's not actually that good a manager and so the results start to dwindle i hope so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think the next two games are pretty telling, actually. Let's see um, kind of the course Chelsea are on, Man U and then Tottenham. If they can get points out of that, then, um, you know, I think they'll be pretty happy. And it's a pretty perfect, like you say, because their good run starts in 28. So if players like Callum Hudson-Odoi get some form and, and you feel like they're going to stick in the team, then there are options then. Yep. But not for the moment. Fair enough. Um, Andy? Which fixture would you like to talk about? I'm going to pick a, 
a, a bit of a hardcore FPL fixture rather than a, a general of, of interest fixture for the neutral. Um, Wolves versus Norwich. So <clears throat> I find this one particularly interesting. Because Norwich, although they lost, um, didn't look that bad this week, I thought. And Wolves tend to play... Like their level tends to reflect the opposition that they're playing against quite often. So I think this one could be quite a close game. Um, you could see the likes of... Uh, like it could be a 2-1, for example. You could see the likes of Cantwell return, which I don't know how many people still have him um, because he's because he's so cheap. I think probably a few people do. Um, a lot of people have Jimenez and Traore, and I think um, those are the two players that are likely to return in any Wolf game. Um, so it's, it's not sort of... Uh, I have a, a, a sort of interesting insight where there's this random player that I think might be worth having. Um for, like right now, but the reason I'm going to be really watching this is I'm going to be watching who plays for Wolves because I think um, they've looked amazing this season, and I suspect that they have what it takes to sort of keep pushing and and go for um, if not Europa League, then maybe fifth place, which you know could be Champions League now. Um, and they've they've signed Daniel Podence in the window in the window to try and sort of bolster their attacking attacking options up front. And uh, and and he, I think he might get a lot of minutes in the Premier League this season. So when you're watching out for him, whether he gets minutes, and when you're watching out for um, Pedro Neto, see whether he's first team or not, and then try and figure out what's going on with their with their front line. And I think that's been quite instructive for what could be a, a bargain differential for the rest of the season. I have I have a, an admission to make, uh, like a, a correction to make. I think on the pod, maybe last time we podded, someone was saying, you know. Willie Bolly is a good option. Uh, he's only 4.7 or something like that. And he'll come in and sort out Wolves' defence. And I think I said, you know, Wolves have been terrible defensively all season. Not terrible, but they've conceded a goal. They've not kept, kept clean sheets at all. And Willie Bolly back in the team, two games, two clean sheets. Um, so goal disallowed too. Yeah. Gold, yeah, he's a goal threat as well. So, Which, by the way... Like no one's mentioning this. I like they, they seem to have changed the offside rule because I'm sure you could only be offside if the ball was played forward. Yeah. Am, I, am I going crazy there? I think no. I think I I think I came to that one late because I missed the game. And I was looking at the highlights. I don't think it was that instance which they were calling offside. I think it was maybe earlier in the build-up. I may be wrong. It was um, a corner. Like it was a short corner, so there was no maybe, build-up. Maybe in the build-up to the corner. You know, like sometimes VAR goes like two minutes Way back, back. Like a minute back. Yeah, yeah. But I might be wrong, so don't quote me on that. Um, although I have just put it on a podcast, don't I? So, yeah. But <laughs> Willie Bolly, um, yeah, I was wrong. I put my hands up, and he's he's a great option. I think. The only the only thing with Wolves is the game with Norwich is sandwiched in between their Europa round of thirty two against Espanyol. Right. So don't know, don't have this rotation. A pop quiz: Do you know where Espanyol are in La Liga? <laughs> no. Fifth. They are last. Oh, wow! So that's it. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, so maybe some rotation. Yeah, they do like to rotate, but it's never that heavy, is it? And well, you don't know with with Bolly coming back from injury. Maybe they'll be careful with him. It is only Norwich, and they have survived all season without him. So yeah, good shout, Ben. Um, next up, I think I will dive in and pick my fixture uh, that I'd like to preview. And it is a corker. You guys are going to love this one. It's an exciting one. It's Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. Um, so I think on a <laughs> guaranteed normal... clean sheets. Basically, that's what I'm talking about. So this is not one for the football purists. Uh, <laughs> um, this is Crystal Palace at home. Uh, who struggled to score there and struggled, struggled to score in general against Newcastle, who loved to play five at the back, four in front, and one man uh, running around without the ball up front. So in the last six matches where these two have played against each other, um, there have been six clean sheets. So that's pretty good. If you had a goal scorer who'd scored six and six, you, you put him in. So that's, that's not bad. Um, in only one of those games has there been more than one goal. So I would definitely think that this is going to stick to something close to that. Um, Newcastle are the team out of the two in some kind of clean sheet form. So they've got two clean sheets in their last three. And one of those was against Chelsea. So that's not bad. But both those clean sheets were at home. 
where I think they're a lot stronger, and you saw that definitely against Arsenal. Um, Crystal Palace are the lowest scorers in the Premier League, um, so that kind of adds a bit of fuel to the fire in getting a Newcastle defender in. Uh, they've scored 23 goals in 26 games, which is pretty awful. Uh, guess who the second lowest scorer is, or one of the second lowest scorers, because there's a few joint ones. That well, then, presumably you. you're looking for the most surprising one, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just going to come in and shoot down because I can't remember the others. It's Newcastle. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're the joint second lowest scorers with a couple of other teams, I think with possibly with Norwich and someone else. Um, so this is clean sheets galore, hopefully. Uh, Palace have lost the last three and they have no win in the last eight. So they're on a pretty rotten run. Cenk Tosin looks like he's got a bit of a, a muscle problem as well. He was their man and brought in to sort out the Benteke problem. Yeah, Benteke, I think he just runs like that. He's just a terrible player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fair enough. You've got to get your traditional dig in, uh, but he won't be on the pitch. Um, uh, so Benteke scored against uh, Pickford, but obviously that was a goalkeeping area. He hit it straight at him. Uh, whether that's going to fire Benteke up, I don't know, um, but I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be low scoring. I would put put a bet on that. And I think out of the two, I'm keener on Newcastle, despite their result against Arsenal. And I think picking out two players, um, I would say probably Lascelles and Fernandez. I think Fernandez is possibly one to check on because I think he was subbed um, due to injury against Arsenal. Uh, so it's worth checking on him and seeing the press conference before you make a move for him. He's got the most minutes in the Newcastle defence this season. And he's been a goal threat. He's picked up a couple of goals. So if you can afford him, I think he's 4.5 and he's not injured, then he's pretty good. If not, Lascelles, 4.2. You're not going to play a Newcastle defender every week. He rotates nicely with Bolly. Uh, and if you have maybe two Liverpool defenders, um, Two Liverpool defenders, Lascelles, Bolly, and Taylor from Burnley. That's a really nice rotation to get, uh, you know, one of those three playing with the two Liverpool defenders and getting a nice fixture every week for uh, a very long time, pretty much till the end of the season. So, yeah, that is Lascelles. Yeah. That's my pick. Um, the only thing I want to add to this fixture is Gary, our fellow Potter, actually brought in Cenk Tosin couple of weeks ago which was a genius move by him and then this week had to i had to obviously take out tosin and he brought in uh, martinelli who didn't play so i think some really good moves there with by gary <laughs> although <laughs> in his defense he did hang on to Mane, got a huge score got the highest score in our in our podcast league uh last week hung on to Mane on the bench and then Mane's coming and i got a goal off the bench for him when no one else has probably got him anymore. So that, yeah, swings and roundabouts for Gary. Yeah, He's always been a maverick, hasn't he? And he always will be. Stay maverick, Gary. Um, okay, back to you, Ben. What's your next fixture that you'd like to pick out? I'm going to have a look at Liverpool-West Ham because uh, you just mentioned Mane and um, obviously he looks fit uh, and scored a goal. Luckily, he also got booked. So people who got rid of him like me it wasn't too damaging um and i think a lot of people with the double double liverpool defense um which seems pretty common now i think this this is another prime fixture for that um i think for people who want budget options i think i'm looking at this too is joe gomez at 5.3 actually starting to pick up some bonus points too now and i think he's as soon as soon as he's gone in for lovren i think their their partnership with Van Dyke, they've kept so many clean sheets. I think the only thing I'm a little bit I'm debating is when when will Liverpool just start resting players in the Premier League? Or will they try and be like the Invincibles and just try and beat everyone with their first team? I don't know what you guys think. Like do you see Klopp begin to start resting people now Champions League is back or do you think he just wants he just wants to kind of break records with this team. I know See, that they're they're chasing against the the Arsenal unbeaten unbeaten record of forty nine games unbeaten, and I love the fact that I think their forty ninth game in this run for Liverpool is against Man City. So at least 
maybe they won't get to the the Arsenal forty nine. But I, I do think they're interested in breaking records. Yeah, uh, and I think Liverpool are prioritising the league massively this season. Um, and if they can do it, you know, record breaking amounts, then I think they'd prefer that to, um, yeah, doing well in the Champions League. Um, I think to, they've won that recently. It's all about the Premier League. I would say. Um, I I agree with you. Um, in terms of they, they def, like winning the Premier League is going to be the priority, but I think winning the Champions League is going to be prioritised over setting records. Um, so I, what I think is going to happen, someone like Joe Gomez has already missed a lot of great swathes of the season, so his sort of fatigue is less of an issue. But I think the players that you might see rested are Salah and Mane and possibly Trent, because um, those are the players that are going to make the difference in the sort of massive games towards the sharp end of the Champions League. Um, and forward players tend to get rested more because of the sort of the nature of their position is more sort of short bursts of energy, right? So um, that was that was part of my thinking when I said I was going to go back, like triple up on Liverpool defenders because I think they're less likely to get rotated than the attackers. Yeah, and um, I, the reverse fixture of this, especially when Liverpool play at home, has always been they won 4-0 last season, 4-1 the season before, so I mean, I think this one is a, assuming a first team, I think this is another thrashing on the cards. Um, probably one of the best best fixtures next week for um, a thrashing, yeah. For whipping boys. Yeah. Whipping boys, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I can't, yeah, Captain C looks like it's going to lie here for most people. Uh, whipping boy status for West Ham. Yeah. I think I think you're right. There's nothing more to say. Um, Andy, where would you like to go next? I would like to go, um, I think, one of the non-FPL most interesting games of the week is going to be Leicester v Man City. Um, it's second versus third. They are separated by only one point. Uh, this is Leicester's sort of last difficult game before they go into a run of really easy fixtures. So if they put in a good performance here, it could be an indicator that maybe um, Leicester assets might be worth having for the following um, four or five games. But really interesting is what are Man City going to do? Um, they've obviously got uh, the the West Ham game coming before this one, like in between the uh, the announcement of the, um, the the ban and the fine. And then they've got this one coming up after that. But there could by then be a, an announcement by the Premier League as well. Um, so are they going to be massively fired up to kind of uh, use the the adversity as a, a reason to be amazing? Or are they going to be massively deflated? Are they going to rotate really heavily knowing that they can't qualify for next season's Champions League and put everything towards winning the Champions League this year? Which would really be one in the eye for UA for not having the Champions in next season's um, competition. There's just a lot going on there, I think. It's been really interesting to watch this Man City team. Um, so that's my reason for watching it. I have no idea what's going to happen in this match. It could be that you see Man, you could be, you could see a complete second team for Man City get trounced by Leicester. You could see Man City play all of their first team players and win six 0 Like anything could happen in this game. It's been really interesting. The announcement by the Premier League um, is that regarding possible point docking this season. Well, anything could happen, right? You, you, you don't know because the uh, tools at their disposal that UEFA has in terms of um, uh, financial fair play regulations, it could be a fine, it could be a point stocking, they could strip them of their titles in the past, which would make Man U under Mourinho champions. That would be hilarious. <laughs> That's wishful, <laughs> you know, any, anything wishful thinking. We just don't know. Uh, it could be, I mean, uh, that, that as, as a Man U fan, obviously, the best possible thing that could happen is that, um, first of all, Man U get given a title under Mourinho, but even better than that for me would be Liverpool breaking their, their Premier League duck last season without realising and all of the season had been a waste would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> You're an evil, but, um, bitter man. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, like, you just don't know what's going to happen. It could be that, you don't know whether they're even going to announce before this game, but the point is that whatever happens, the uh, the Leicester Man City game is second versus third under a huge cloud of don't know what. Um, Man City still appealing against their uh, their UEFA ban, like um, against West Ham. Even if they play at twenty percent, they should beat West Ham. But Leicester, they've got to really play well to beat them. So it'll be interesting. You were saying that following this game, Leicester go on a really nice run. 
and that's definitely true. Their fixtures are kind of Plum, it's Norwich away, Villa at home, Watford away, Brighton at home. I mean, just those four, it's it's lovely. What what players are you looking out for in this fixture to show a bit of form? Well, um, everyone had Jamie Vardy for a long time. He's really gone off the boil now. And uh, I don't think it's going to come back, which is obviously bad news for Leicester. Um, but I think that... Um, Players like um, Madison, Pereira, um, maybe Harvey Barnes as a, as a cheap alternative, Tielemans, um, those are the players that I'll be looking at for Leicester because I think they're the ones that, are, maybe Iosi Perez, those are the players that are going to, I think, um, make up the goals in, in Jamie Vardy's absence. I don't think Vardy is zero, but um, I think you're going to see more of a team contribution to the, to the, um, to the results. Um, obviously, Soyun Chu, um, a lot of people still have him. Yeah, do you agree with that, Ben? Yeah, um, I think I think the defense is probably a safer bet when the fixtures turn, which is kind of why I held on to Soyonchu. Um, hopefully, they get Ndidi back too soon, so they can help with their defending. Um, on Vardy, I'm a Vardy owner. I'm just gonna wait and see. I agree, he definitely has looked completely off it, but you know he's still on penalties, so I, I definitely want to give him the Norwich. And probably the Villa game to see if he can pick some form back up. Actually, another thing that's really interesting about Leicester is that um, Chowdhury got sent off this week and will be suspended for that game. So they really need Ndidi back. If Ndidi doesn't play, then there's really Mendy. nobody screening the defence. Isn't there Mendy? Oh no, he's gone, hasn't he? He's got right. an injury. Yeah, so no I one. mean, who, who's who's going to? I guess Pratt will play defensive midfield, and that's a a big step down from um, either Ndidi or Chowdhury, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe it's time to put Soyuncu in the midfield. <laughs> yeah. Lord Farquhar, the midfield lord. <laughs> um, my next fixture I want to pick out is uh, Arsenal versus Everton. Uh, I think this is going to be quite an interesting, quite an even game. Uh, Everton on some nice form. Um taking Palace apart uh, last weekend, uh, really clicking for Calvert-Lewin at the moment, um, with Charleston coming in, getting a €100 million Euro bid from Barcelona um, and scoring in, in the game, looking good. He re- I really think he, he has kind of everything and you can see why Barcelona are going, going for him. You, ha- you know, he's got good ability in the air, good on the floor, dribbling, good pace, um, quite accurate with his shooting and stuff like that and really creative as well um, when he's given the chance. So, yeah, I think I think it's so it's so tough with um, Everton at the moment because their fixtures are just like a sea of red. I know Matt has said, because he's got Calvert-Lewin, that actually if you look closer, this is Arsenal away and they've got Mustafi and David Luiz at centre-back, Man United, Chelsea. These are teams who are, you know, not solid defensively. Um, but but even then, it is hard to bring in a player with those fixtures. Um, I think if you have one of them, like Matt does and Calvert-Lewin, and they're on good form, or Richardson, stick with them. I think Arsenal are the more interesting for ones for potential transfers in. I think it's hard to say, you know, let's talk about Nicola Pepe, but um, he's only 2, 2.4% owned. He's a massive differential. Uh, they're fixtures from now until game week 32 so that's the next five are really really nice um clearly they've got some confidence now they've got two home games coming up against uh west ham is one of those everton tougher but um he's on set pieces as well so if you're a maverick and i think you have to be a maverick to consider it then he's he's an interesting one um i think niketia playing was a bit of a curveball from arteta i wonder whether that was to uh, kick Lacazette up the arse because that definitely worked. Lacazette came on in about the 83rd minute or something and got a goal and an assist in that time. Um, so he definitely got the message and I don't expect to see Niketia in the next game. Um, weird to, to see that Martinelli was dropped, which is a bit of a shame. He's been on good form recently. Um, but yeah, I expect expect Aubameyang and, and Lacazette to be playing in the next game against Everton. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I you'd think after a four-nil winning, I four-nil win, I would be predicting a 
recommending more players to bring in. But uh, at the moment, I think Bamiang, if you've got him hold, uh, if you've got a space for him, he's a good option. It's just whether you can navigate that blank in game week 28. Uh, that's the tricky one. Um, yeah, I would almost like, if you don't have Arsenal assets, see how they do against Everton and then bring bring them in after the blank. Yeah, yeah. What I would do, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Because um, you've got them for a few games then, haven't you? You've got them yeah. for four four nice games. West Ham, Brighton, Southampton, Norwich. Um, yeah, I think that makes much more sense. Good shout, Ben. Do you think Pepe is a nailed-on starter? Uh, from after that, uh, after that performance, I think yes. Uh, but only nailed on for the next three games. You know, if he doesn't do anything in the next three games, then I think he'll he'll be rotated out again. Um, yeah, I think Arteta is very much like with Nketiah. He's clearly done well in his recent appearances, so he's got his earned a start. I think he did well in, was it the FA Cup against Bournemouth? Um, so, yeah, he got a start in the Premier League. And if Pepe, his form kind of falls off, then I don't think he'll, he'll stay. So, yeah, it, it makes it even more maverick bringing him in. But it, it is a big differential. So, yeah, good shot, Ben. Maybe after the blanks. Um, okay, those are the, the fixture previews. Um, I think I think it's pretty clear that from Ben's preview that his whipping boys are West Ham. I would agree. Do you agree, Andy? I think we could just like set and forget with West Ham for the rest of the season. Or maybe whoever's playing whoever's playing Liverpool. Um, okay, nice one. Well, they're our whipping boys. Um, and let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have a look at the Listener League see how you guys are getting on check out the joint team and see how our wild card got on and then we're going to talk captains and transfers for our own teams okay ben how are the listeners getting on in the fpl ff fanatics podcast league Yes, yeah, so at the top, it's still Harry Quinn, number one, um, but it's very close. Rui de Oliveira is only one point behind him. And then the big mover this week has been Bev Ciel, who, who's gone from fifth to third. Um, Kevin Miles is fourth. And then I'm actually now joint fifth, so I can finally shout myself out. I'm joint with uh, John Harsipi. And then just lurking outside the top five is a certain Matt Kershaw, who we're all very afraid of. Um, and it's, uh, he's on a pretty good run right now. Um, in terms of the top and bottom game week scorers, I'll, I'll go through bottom because I think, it's, I think this guy, Twin Deco, has a pretty dead team. So I won't spend too much time on it. But he, he only got 13 points uh, this week. He has Sterling as his captain, um, Aguero as vice. So um, he, I think, will be very interested to see if City bounce back against West Ham or just completely give up the ghost. Um, our top scorer this week is Lashlin Anderson, who is doing pretty well this season. He's 66,000th overall and has got a pretty good 64 points this week. Um, double Liverpool defence with Robertson and Trent. But where he really shone this week is uh, he had Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. Richarlison with 13 points and Calvert-Lewin with 11 points. So um, I think that has really uh, shot him up the ranks. And I guess they'll be interested to see if those two Everton duo can keep it up um, in the remaining like tough fixture run. I should, I should pull you up there because you've, you've shouted yourself out as joint fifth there. Sneaking in, but Kevin Miles does have uh, two players to play. Um, I know you've got two, but um, you know it's it could all change. Maybe you're going to end up in tenth. Who knows? Yeah, it's uh, De Bruyne. We both have De Bruyne captain, and it'll be Martial versus Mares, which uh, I assume Mares will <laughs> fortunately outscore <laughs> Martial, but you never know. Oh, I'm sure when you're not in the top five, you'll tweet that correction after this, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, of course. 
Um, another interesting thing about this is Harry Quinn at the top still has, uh, he's only had eight players so far have played. Um, so he's got uh, De Bruyne, Martial and Aguero still to come. No, oh, it's, it's good to know. It's good to know other top managers still have Martial. <laughs> <laughs> For now. We'll see For what now. happens. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, not much a false nine as a false player. In his, in <laughs> How about our joint, joint team wildcard, Andy? How did that get on? Um, so, the joint team wildcard, interesting, interesting question. 41 points so far, um, with Mares and Aguero as captain still to play. So, uh, 41 could be, could be a much bigger score after the, after a West Ham game. Um, Alexander Arnold and Gomez at the back, 15 points between them. Uh, Danny Ng scored, and obviously Hume Min Son with his haul of 10. That's where all the points have come from. Um, so, potentially a good week. It all depends on, obviously, how, uh, how many goals. Mares and Aguero can rack up against West Ham. Um, it seems like it's a, a team that is based around this game week, though, which I'm a little bit worried about. Um, if we look at next week's fixtures, um, it doesn't look quite as, as rosy as this week. Um, let me bring that up, my team. So, um, obviously, Mares and Aguero are playing against Leicester next next week, which isn't as, uh, as favourable. Um Salah's still playing against West Ham, so I think a pretty solid captain. Son against Chelsea, that could be a good or a bad game. Um, yeah, so for me, I think uh, probably we want to look at losing Mares because Sterling will come back and make his place in the team not guaranteed. I don't know whether you guys agree with that. I don't know. It's against his old club, isn't it? So there's something in that, um, potentially for Mares. Um Maybe Pep would think, you know, he knows the players he's going to be up against. Um, but yeah, he is always a bit of a risk. It's tricky. I mean, we'll have to wait until after the, the City-West Ham game, but there is a chance of rotation, like uh, like you guys were saying. Um, and it's good. There's a lot of value at that price point as well, with Richarlison and Madison both available instead of him at cheaper prices. Yeah, also, I th- I didn't watch the game, but I think Chris Wood also got injured this week and he's also in our wildcard team. I, I don't know if um, that's too much of a problem, really, for me. I think I think we've got we've got three Sheffield United defenders and goalkeeper playing against Brighton at home. I'd say that's pretty nice. We've got Lascelles playing away to Crystal Ooh, Palace. Let's play five at the back. We could play <laughs> five at the back. Or, or we could just say, you know... Maybe we leave one of our Sheffield United defenders on the bench, play Mares, um, and if he doesn't play, then we get um, Jack O'Connell off the bench. Maybe it's not my worry; isn't so much that he doesn't play; it's that he gets like five minutes at the end, doesn't do anything. So, who would we yeah. change him for if we were going to change him? My shout would be um, either. Well, I mentioned Richarlison or Madison. Um, I think we want to look at how City play against West Ham. And if they look really fired up, then um, probably Richarlison. But if they look like they're limp and pathetic, then maybe Madison against City next week could be a good Maverick pick. And then after that, it's a good run of fixtures for him. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I would I would just bank the transfer <laughs> before. Because <laughs> then, you, then you're going to... Then you'll have another... If you want a lesser player, then the City fixture will be out of the way. I do think Pep will play Mares against his old team. Um, and I, I think Mares normally does pretty well. Um, we, we definitely want him out by game week 28, right? Because we don't want two City players in a blank game week. Yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah. So, so I, think, I think just saving this week and then making maybe a double or even triple change in 28... There is um, there is one thing to support that Ben that I've been looking at recently because I've got um, De Bruyne, and I've also played my wild card much like the joint team has played its wild card. Um, looking at Ben Krellin's kind of uh, spreadsheet that he puts out on Twitter, um, he's saying there's a potential double game week for Man City coming up in game week 29. So he's saying maybe um, the Man City Arsenal game will get put here because City has so much fixture congestion um, so maybe it's worth not transferring him out like Ben was saying hold him uh, 
you know, bench him if you want to or, or play him and, and hope that he, he gets minutes. Um, because maybe maybe other players in the team who blank are better suited to getting rid of at the moment. And, and maybe will will we know him. that by game week 28? I when guess the, we, yeah. When the double game week gets rearranged. I'd assume for a fixture, you'd need to know, you need need to give the fans yeah. quite a lot of notice, don't you? So game week 28 is on the 29th and that fixture he's talking about is a week and a half after that. So I don't know. I mean, it's, I, you'd imagine they want to give them two weeks notice. So possibly, yeah. But I think it adds fuel to the fire of saying maybe we, maybe we hold the, bank the transfer. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the question is whether I really want to play five at the back just for fun, but maybe four four two is better. <laughs> at the at the moment, we we only have uh, Aguero who's blanking in twenty eight, Mares, and uh, maybe Egan or O'Connell. So we only need to make one transfer to have enough players playing in all the games, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we do. And to me, it, to me, it's a no-brainer that that should be Mares out because he's not a guaranteed starter anyway. He's just in the reason that he's good to have in right now is because of Sterling's injury, which is temporary. But we can we could decide that next week. Yeah, we could. absolutely, we could. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like that's a kind of consensus. Yep. Ben, are you going to push for five at the back? No, I mean. Uh, let's play four four two. It's fine. Four four effing two. Yeah, classic. Okay, that's the joint team sorted. What about captains and transfers, Andy? You you were saying you need to slightly change your wildcard team. Yeah, embarrassingly, I need to now like spend some points right after doing a wildcard. I'm really annoyed. Um. So. I'm going to be watching the next two games very carefully because I'm do, um, for me, it's, it's getting rid of Mares is my first... Is, I, I, first thing I want to get rid of Mares and the second thing I want to do is um, trade Salah and Tanganga for Son and um, either Robertson or Van Dyke. haven't decided which yet. So, and that leaves me with money in the bank. Um, so what I might actually be able to do is if I, if I plan this right is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very tempted by Pepe so what I could do is Mares for Pepe, Tanganga for um, Van Dyke, and Salah for Son, and end up with a team that I really like. Um, that's that's my plan over two game weeks. Um, what I might do is hold this game week so that I retain um, Salah against West Ham, and then do three next week and and hit, take a four point hit. Sounds like a pretty good plan to me. What do you reckon, Ben? Yeah, I like it. Uh, Pepe's Maverick, but um, it's a, I think it's a good differential. I need differentials, right? I've uh, I, I yeah. suck at the moment. Yeah, do it. What about you, Ben? Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start. I I think I really I'm trying to figure out if Lundstrom might actually start the next game so i'll be looking at press conferences because he i mean he did came on he did come on and score against bournemouth um if lundstrom if i think lundstrom's going to start i may just bank the transfer if he isn't then i'm probably go, i'm looking i think i've missed a trick by not going double liverpool defense um so i may do lundstrom to gomez next week which i think will just be that. pretty yeah I've got 1.5 in the bank that I've been saving. So um, I might do that. Long term, though, I don't really know what I'm, I'm doing with my team because Obama Yang, he could be good, but I'm a little bit worried that he plays left wing. I think Hyung Min Son is a really good shout, but I can't really afford to fund that because I don't want to lose Salah or De Bruyne yet. What and then I... Um, Martial to Son is, I think, too much of a stretch. Um, the, the price difference is too big. Like, to get Martial to Son, I would need to downgrade Vardy. 
or Aubameyang to maybe someone like Jimenez. But I, and both of them are about to hit a really nice green run. So I think that will be my way of trying to maybe sticking with those two is my way of doing a differential. Um, but I definitely think getting double Liverpool defence is probably the safest option for me right now, assuming that Klopp doesn't start just resting people. Yeah, I guess in your position, because where are you? Like 30,000 in the world, something like that? It's, it's more, about, uh, yes. more about sensible choices, right? Yep, unfortunately. So Salah will be my captain as my sensible choice. Very good. Um, for me this week, I think, um, yeah, I think probably sad because he's a bit of a differential in our mini league, but I think maybe Jack Grealish's time, very short time in my team has been up. Uh, I really like him as a player and I really like watching him while he's in my FPL team, but um, he's blanking in 28 and um, yeah, and I need to make a transfer. Uh, otherwise I'll lose it. If I could do anything, I'd probably change Williams, but I have zero in the bank and Williams is 4.1. So I think that's pretty much only Tanganga that I can bring in and he doesn't seem to play regularly either. So uh, I think I probably need to get some cash in from in from Grealish. Um, I've got two transfers, so I could um, change somewhere else as well. I just don't know where that's going to be at the moment. Um, Potentially Aubameyang, um, which seems a bit weird after a 4-0 win where he's scored and, you know, they've got nice fixtures coming up. But I think I'd like to keep my Sheffield United back three um, because I don't have a wild card. They're going to be blanking twice in, well, it looks like pretty likely they'll blank in 31. They will be blanking in 28. So because I don't have a wild card to play, I need to make sure that I'm stocking up on all the players that are blanking um, especially the ones who are blanking twice. So when it comes to the double game weeks, they're already in my team. So that's not the case with Grealish. Uh, and I don't think it's less likely to be the case with Aubameyang. I think it's much higher chance that Sheffield United and Man City blank twice. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe Grealish, potentially Aubameyang as well. I might, might just hold off on him and wait till uh, he's played Everton. But we'll see. Yeah. Captain Salah. <laughs> Who who you think for Grealish though? Because there's no one good in that bra- bracket apart from Traore. Yeah, that's why that's why I might downgrade a Bamiang, um, mm. which feels like a really difficult choice. But I keep telling myself, you know, he's on the wing. Uh, his nice fixtures are after the blank more than maybe Everton. Everton's probably the tougher of those fixtures, um, and they're in good form. So, yeah, maybe. Maybe a bamming down to someone cheap and cheerful and Grealish upgrade someone mm. someone sexy. Maybe Mane or depending on how cheap the striker I bring in is. Yeah. 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 I have a question actually. For, it's another Arsenal question. Is if Arsenal are blanking in game week 29, does that mean they have a double game week coming up too? Yeah, it does. Do we know when that's is it like a, a likely time when that's going to be? I think likely time uh, is Ben Krellen is saying uh, game week 34 is a potential double game week. Uh, he's he's predicting. And I think there's another one uh, before the end of the season. Maybe he was talking about game week 37 recently. It's not on his spreadsheet, that one. So the only one on his spreadsheet he's talking about a potential double game week is... Uh, game week 34 but um there's normally two aren't there so maybe yeah. yeah yeah we'll see oh no sorry ignore that yeah game week 34 is the potential double game week yeah and i'm not sure about the other one uh so we will see but check out check out ben krellen on on twitter and check out his spreadsheet if you are interested to dig a little deeper into that um if you don't follow us already on Twitter, give us a follow at FPLFFanatics. Um, you can get in touch with us on there. It's always great to hear from you guys. And also, if you want to join our league, it's late in the day, but maybe you're doing well and you want to knock someone off the top spot and just get a lot of ones in your league column in your FPL team, um, you can find the code on our Twitter 
um, account as well. So check us out there. Um, yeah, and if you like the show, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you can. Um, we'd really appreciate that. Um, thank you very much, guys. Um, Andy, thank you for your insight this week. It's been a pleasure. And uh, all hail Kaka. <laughs> thank you for your insight, Ben. You're welcome, and I, I hope the Arsenal players punish you, Duncan, as the Arsenal fan, if you get rid of them. <laughs> that would be bittersweet, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, and thank you guys for listening, and we will speak to you next week.